of the Orchier line, and watching her work struck awe into the hearts of even those closest to her. The men shifted in their places and worriedly eyed the lane leading from the village of Karnak. The women clicked their tongues and drew their children close in the darkness. All the clan were fearful this night. Word of another burning had come to the ears of the men when they went into Karnakville to buy beans and lentils. Nanette had heard them tell the tale, though she didn't fully understand it until she was older. It had taken place in the nearby city of Vannes. It was said that one Bernard, a young and ambitious priest, had tracked down the witch. He took it upon himself to examine her for the signs before he denounced her in the public square. The archbishop, eager to be known as a burner of witches, had set the torch to the pyre with his own hand. There was great excitement over the news of this burning in Carnacville. The Carnassois applauded when Father Bernard, a man with sparse red hair and eyes too small for his face, appeared in the marketplace. Nanette wanted to cover her ears when Claude, having returned in haste from the town, told the story. But Louisette pulled her hands away. You need to hear, she said. You need to know. They say he hates witches because of his mother, Claude said. Why? Louisette asked. She had a growth in her breast and died in pain. Bernard accused the neighbor, a crone who could barely see or hear, of putting a curse on her. Grimly, Louisette said, there was no one to protect her. No one. They held one of their trials and convicted her in an hour. Did they burn the poor thing? Anne-Marie asked in a low voice. Claude gave a bitter laugh. Meant to. Bernard had the pyre laid, stake ready. The old woman died in her cell the night before. She probably wasn't a witch at all. Louisette pulled little Nanette closer, absently patting her shoulder. But he feels cheated. Been hunting witches ever since. A grim silence settled around the circled caravans. The day was already far gone. The salt-scented dusk hid the ruts and holes of the lane, making it unsafe to travel before morning. It wasn't safe to stay, either. They were only three men and five women, with a handful of children and one grandmother. There would be little they could do against a bloodthirsty mob. The Romany had always been targets, and were always wary. When the blood fever came upon the people, when they were overcome by lust for the smell of burning flesh and the dying screams of accused witches, there was neither law nor reason in the land. We should leave, Paul, Anne-Marie's husband, said. Move south. Too dark. Claude growled. Louisette nodded. Not safe for the horses. They all understood. There was nothing left for them but to rely 
en grand-mère. The old woman swayed in the firelight. Her cloud of grey hair fluttered about her head, her wrinkled eyelids narrowed as she gazed into the scrying stone. She resembled a menhir herself, craggy, timeless, inscrutable. Her thin lips worked, and her voice rose and fell as she recited her spell. The gathered clan shivered in fear. After a time, Grandmère's chant died away. She stopped swaying and lowered the crystal with arms that shook. In a voice like a violin string about to break, she said, There is a house. A house? Nanette lifted her head to see who was speaking. It was Isabel, the most easily frightened of the six sisters.